The Major Spoilers podcast is sponsored in part by the Mid-Ohio Con, October 3rd and 4th in Columbus, Ohio. For more information, visit midohiocon.com. The show is also sponsored in part by Past Generation Toys. Past Generation Toys has a large selection of Star Wars, G.I. Joe, and Marvel toys. Visit them on the web at pastgenerationtoys.com. Okay, so Astro City seems to be a very grounded city Mm -hmm. in that the action happens on the periphery. Yes, the first family have gone on an interdimensional goodwill tour. Yeah. All these great things. And there's, you know, alien contact and some of that kind of stuff. But Astro City seems to be a very real city. Mm -hmm. Marvel Universe and the DC Universe don't make sense in their space connection, right? One would think that in the DC Universe, with all of the alien contact, in Marvel Universe the same way, with all of this alien contact, that why are people still driving around in motorized cars? Why aren't there flying cars? Why don't why isn't the quality of life improved because of this realization that there is people beyond the atmosphere? I mean, why aren't people taking vacations to Romulan Ten or whatever? Sure. There's there's I think the main reason for that is not a story reason at all. It's that but if you're gonna build- you want the Marvel Universe to be as related and the DC Universe to be as relatable as possible. If you pick up an issue of Superman, and this has happened, if you pick up an issue of Superman and it's like, why is everybody basically living in the bottled city of Kandor? It's like, oh no, well this is Metropolis that got brainiacified five issues ago. Like, people aren't necessarily going to relate to that. People want to pick up a book in which in in today's New York City, there are super cool superheroes. And they have to fudge stuff like that. Right. It seems that, though, it seems like a lot of these citizens of the DC and Marvel universes just kind of turn a blind eye every time you say something about space or aliens. Space aliens and things don't exist. That Yet is how it Coast comes City, across a lot of the time. Yeah. Coast City was destroyed and almost turned into a you know a, an afterburner for for Mogul and and uh, uh, Doomsday or not Doomsday. Well, uh, what's what's Dark uh, Side? What's um. Green Lantern City. That, yeah, Coast that, City. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah destroyed. Yeah. Destroyed and, yet, and then brought back to life by alien powers, right? right? And then people are acting half the time like aliens don't exist. It's like, I, why Why are there not aliens walking around yeah. the streets? Of- well, there are, and we call them scrolls, and they are bad. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you, I guess uh, with the mutants and the xenophobia in, uh, in, in the Marvel Universe, we could see why there aren't openly... Um, Aliens. No, I wasn't going to say that. (laughs) Openly alien races walking around the streets. But in DC, it's like, it should be just common because the number of times that Earth has been attacked by aliens that, you know, why don't we see Thanagarians walking around? Why don't we see, uh, we've got that, what's that guy that works for Star Labs, uh, part of the, what is it, the Tomorrow People or Forever People, Civix or whatever his name is? Double X? Double X, that's right. Why don't we see more of those guys walking around the streets? Be... Because it wouldn't make sense. Yes, it would. Your planet is being constantly invaded or attacked, or you are constantly being visited right. by beings from another world. In fact, you're being protected by a intergalactic police force. Of course, you would expect that to uh, be there. All right, follow me on the follow me on this one. Okay, there is a comic book out there about superheroes flying around, 
these worlds that they're protecting, which are very, very advanced because of alien technology, there are aliens walking among them, there are aliens in the super team. That book is called The Legion of Superheroes, and it has, and no offense, man, it has a fractional uh, readership base compared to, say, Superman or Batman. And part of the reason for that is that people probably look at it and they can't grok it. They can't get into it. (laughs) Good word usage. They can't quite get into it because they're like, oh, what the crap is a science police? Right. And that's and that's part of what makes the book awesome is like all these like weird little 1950s things that that are supposed to be the future that have stuck with it. But people can't quite get into it. You need something that's closer to you. You need to not worry. You need to not spend that processing power saying, okay, oh, yeah, I forgot that in Metropolis... There is a super duper team that contains the bad guys after Superman beats them up. Right. And for a while there was. Right. But eventually and they're back. they end up, yeah, and they go away and they come back and they go away and they come back because even the writers don't want to bother with it because it's too hard. It's too much work to keep track of all this stuff. Right. It's too difficult to create a world that is different based on all these, you know, whatever it is, whether it would be the technology, the magic, the whatever, and still have it be something that you want to read about. Unless you are like someone who is absolutely psychotic about cataloging these weird things and, you know, going, well, Tenzel Kim did this, you know, there are people... And I'm not not saying that you have to have, an, uh, you know, an XX relationship where this happens, thus this occurs in the universe. But, you know, we look at, in our own society... You know, the iPhone or the iPod gets introduced, and suddenly all of technology in fa- in terms of user interface experience, in fa- in terms of design, in terms of everything, gets changed. Yep. I mean, you yeah. change a whole manufacturing of a car to accommodate an iPod dock, right? Right. right. So that has that's this is kind of an influence, and I'm not saying that every page of Superman or Batman or whatever has to have aliens walking around, but at some point. You know, you shouldn't see these gasp looks on people's face when an alien walks into the room because well, the average there's person a million on the aliens. Street. Well, that's not true though. There may be a million aliens, but you know, John Q. Schmuckenzi of any town USA probably hasn't seen them. Even if you live in Metropolis, you probably don't see Superman every single day. If you live in Los Angeles, you probably don't see Britney Spears every single day. No, you just see What's her cooter showing up on the web pages. Thank you. This is, <laughs> but this is something that you have to take into account. The Legion of Superheroes used to have this thing that you would come up where a robot would be powered by tapes, computer right, tapes. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge leap forward from the, the punch cards punch of card the bomb. era in 1962. Oh, punch card computers. These guys are run by tapes. That's futuristic. Now, that leap forward in technology seems ridiculous. Right. So let's say I'm writing I'm writing the adventures of Baron Speed Monkey. And I make up this technological leap forward that changes the world of Baron Speed Monkey. And then a real leap, like say the cellular phone or the iPod, comes around. And whatever I've written in the, the issue of Baron Speed Monkey where, you know, I, uh, I think of Strike Force Moratori had a limited series where everybody had a little modem in their neck. Mm-hmm. You know, and the modem in their neck thing, you know, they had big, bulky chunks of metal sticking out of their neck and a little port that they would physically plug the computer into. This was 18 years ago. 
And now, with the advent of the wireless technology and the iPod and all of this, that seems ridiculous. That seems silly. Why not just, you know, get a wireless chip implanted in your forehead? Well, because at the time they were trying to create a new technology that would be a step forward and real technology outstripped it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The real changes in reality and the real changes in our world are always going to outrun any changes you see in the comics. So Superman may have this super brainiac city and then Tom Welling may punch a wall. You know, there was, away. there was a moment in uh, invasion in that series in DC comics where, you know, five different races of aliens came over and took over the earth and tried to kill all the superheroes after the metagene mm-hmm. set off that meta bomb. And when they were repelled, there was a group of them that hunkered down in Australia. Was it? Mm-hmm. So when their story came back around, it really wasn't a surprise that they had been there. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it was a surprise that, oh, my gosh, uh, Dominators are still around. But it wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, there's an alien race. We have never seen aliens before. Therefore, my mind must explode. But at least some kind of, I don't know, that's just, I don't know. I just would imagine that if our planet was being visited constantly by beings of an advanced nature, Mm-hmm. that somebody would have gotten it in their head, hey, let's make a buck off Star Tours. Let's make a buck off getting one of these races, one of these money races, to set up some spaceships that come down once a month and take you off on an intergalactic tour, maybe three hours or less. Sure. And and, and come back and you have that if, experience. What if the skipper of that tour isn't a very good sailor, though, and, and his first mate crashes you on an, on I know, a, an, an asteroid? I know. Here's the thing, though. That's great. That's a great thing for somebody to mention in a comic book. But when you pick up an issue of Superman, you don't pick up you don't pick it up to see some young entrepreneur being like, I could make a buck off, off of these aliens unless right. it turns out to be something dastardly and evil. Right. If right. it's just like, okay, well no, this actually works, that's not a comic that's not a story that you want to read. And you're I, speaking well, of maybe. consistency in a way that isn't really feasible in a multi-user interface. That right. means a, a, a multi-writer society. If you look at yeah. Astro City, these things work in Astro City. You know why? Because Kurt Busiek is the only one who writes Astro City. Stories. Yeah, same thing with like... You uh, don't have Doug Munch coming in and saying, well, I don't like this. I'm going to ignore this. But over here, I'm going to come up with my own little thing that I really like. And then Man Bat comes in. Right, yeah. right. Well, and so Not I just there's anything wrong with Doug I Munch. Just, I love Doug Munch. I work. just think it's it's weird, and I guess that's maybe maybe from me being trying to be immersed into mm-hmm. the world that is DC or the world that is Marvel. You're you're trying to take all the stories you've read and Make compile them into, them one, into universe, yeah. one workable universe. Well, and it's not that I can't do that. I can't. You know, I I see how. Uh, you know, Batman and the Superman titles really don't work as far as cities go because mm-hmm. the it's really who would really live in Gotham City. You know, yeah. we've had this discussion a long time ago, but Bro- I could see why people are very interested in living in Metropolis, the city of tomorrow, because of all of its progress. I can understand why in the city of Green Lantern, uh, Coast City, people were reluctant to come back in. And mm-hmm. then after the Sinestro Corps War, why everybody was coming in in droves. I can understand all that stuff. But at the same time, I'm just like, and again, maybe it goes back to the impact of, of uh, the Dark Age and, and stories like Marvel's where we see it from the common man's point of view, Mm -hmm. and we see what the impact that these stories have on the individual and on the city or on the country or whatever. 
And I just don't see that play out in the DC universe and that just or in the Marvel universe. And it's kind of troubling. Well, and and I think to a certain extent, part of the reason why way back, way back when Marvel found its feet as a company is because it started to in, in in a very nowadays narrow sense exploring that you know having more down-to-earth superheroes heroes with actual problems kind of right, thing right um and you know every time somebody goes in you know you look at something like um even something like rising stars or uh supreme power or things like that where it becomes very clear you know from that artist's interpretation that right. you can't actually have people with super with superpowers without society crumbling because of it well would society crumble or would it just change and adapt it might but you know it's a different take right 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 um well, and I'm just it thinking also depends of it on the, power level and We really need stuff, an anthropologist but... and a psych- psychologist and a sociologist to talk about these kinds uh-huh. of things. And while I may look like a monkey, I don't know anything about anthropology. <laughs> I can ask my good friend Dr. Wasserstein. Well, I mean, it's, it's an interesting question to ask because mm-hmm. what happens if someone tomorrow came out and all of a sudden said, I can fly or I can jump and I'm in, you know, bullets are impenetrable and I'm here from another planet to help you and I want to make you a better society. And oh, by the way... Every six months, I'm going to release new technology based on the technology from my world mm-hmm. that will help your society. Now, we've explored that before in, in books like, uh, you know, To Serve Man mm-hmm. and in Twilight Zone episodes but, to serve and, It's and, a cockbook! And, and that's the important part. You take something like that, that in and of itself is its own theme and concept to explore right you can't tack that onto superman well it, it becomes can because it becomes then i can not ask about... the question of if superman's so great why are there starving babies in africa exactly no exactly that's exactly what you generate is how can there still be a world like i know it when superman's around the answer is there can't there actually can't right and your disbelief just plummets right right you have to suspend that you have to say the world somehow remains what it is, despite the fact that Superman could take a crystal right. and throw it into the ocean and create a new continent full of like magical gummy bears that everybody can eat. Mm. Them starving children are going to be eating good tonight with That's them right. Superman gummy bears. Probably I- ought to just feed the homeless to the hungry <laughs> and be done with <laughs> there it. There you go. No, but it just seems like, I don't know, and again, it's just me, and I'm just prompting these questions to spur discussion, but mm-hmm. it seems that if... If uh, if the populace of the DC and Marvel universes, you Earth, said populace on the Earth, if they turn their back to these things and don't question these things, then it seems to be like they're a bunch of retards. Yeah. Have you met the people of our Earth? Well, <laughs> there are people who deny <laughs> the moon landing. I know. There are people who believe all sorts of bizarre things, and the general person's life is not changed by the fact that we landed on the moon, or by the fact that oh, we well, split the atom, or by the well, fact that they've discovered that quarks and gluinos well, actually it exist. Has, it has, it has had an impact. But, but nobody, you, you never sit down and say, boy, oh boy, I'm glad I am having this hot pocket because of the space boat program. Right. You know, I mean, you don't. Right, but you at least at some level recognize that there is the existence you, of a microwave might not. and a most hot pocket. Might not. I don't believe that most people do. I think that most people just go, do 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 I wonder well, if I should have a Twinkie. And yeah, that's that's unfortunately is a problem. And you're right, maybe that's what most of the DC 
in Marvel Universe citizens are like. They're a bunch of bunch of dopes. But again, the real reason. I mean, they did vote the for the real it, reason. Norman the same Osborn reason afterward, after as, as why related. they vote for why why Norman Osborn is president and why they don't care about aliens and why uh, Batman can win despite not actually <laughs> having any powers is because the writers don't want to deal with certain things. Yep. That is that is it, plain and simple. Well, let me ask you this then. It does make them look like morons, though. It makes the, the people in the DC and Marvel universes look like total dorks. Yes. So would it be... Would it? Let me just ask you this. Would it be more interesting if there was some more of this impact into the comics whereas yep. you know maybe you know there's this whole thing in secret identity where they're talking about the security system and is that the one where it's like believe it or not no nah. um, where sue storm is 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 killed and they're saying well look at all this security that we had in place thanagarian we had krypton kryptonian we had blah 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 all built into this into the security system would it just be in that hard that you know, Lois, maybe not Lois Lane, but Joe, Jimmy Olsen comes home from his long, hard day at the Daily Planet, you know, serving Perry White. And as he's going into his house or his apartment, he's turning off the security system and it says something on there powered by Kryptonian, you know, whatever. Or even, ha you know, Star Labs, Star, you know, well, Star Labs is a big but, thing. We do see a lot of that, but it's not really spelled out that their technology is all based on alien stuff or magical stuff well, or a variety of different things. That begs two questions. Is it needed, the, number one? Yes, I well, know. Well, the, the first question you have to ask is, how do you relate to Jimmy Olsen as a character if Jimmy Olsen has a magical Thanagarian protection system? Well, but that's the whole idea is we all have ADT, right? Right. Well, maybe, but, I'm, not, I'm just being well, general. Everyone knows of this ADT security system. Well, let's get to the second question. Okay. Who cares? I don't know. If I the do. Story it makes it more believable. About, but if the story is about Clark Kent and how the people of New Krypton have changed the way he looks at being a Kryptonian and the way he looks at being Superman and the way he isn't Superman anymore, he's now Commander Kal-El of the Kryptonian Light Brigade, what difference does a minor plot point like Jimmy Olsen having access to superior technology really make? I mean... What what you're looking at and what you're describing is brilliant in terms of universe building, in terms of continuity, in terms of actually, you know, acknowledging that these things have happened in the past, that Brainiac did take over Metropolis and for a while it was this super, super advanced city. But in the long term, the story that James Robinson wants to tell about Superman or the story that Grant Morrison wants to tell about Batman – or the story that Brian Bendis wants to tell about Luke Cage and how he loves him, wing, 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 <laughs> is not necessarily <laughs> affected by whether or not Luke Cage actually utilizes Tony Stark's technology on a daily basis. What is, what is, um, what is uh, the Rand Industries' biggest <clears throat> product? What do they produce? Um, transportation. Oh, trains and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think okay. so. Uh, well, okay. well, yeah, absolutely. Well, or what's the greatest invention that Reed Richards has ever made? Um, that bra that makes his wife look good after sixty years of being a superhero. Well, then how uh, well, come? Definitely, it is on stable molecules. Every superhero wears, you know, at some point, and they've gone oh, back and forth and changed this. Every superhero was wearing unstable molecules because it explains why their costumes don't just like disintegrate while they're fighting. So why then? Is the common man still wearing rayon? 
Well, because Watchmen unstable molecules that. are okay, expensive. Okay, what did Watchmen do? Well, Doctor Manhattan gets cracking, and you know Rorschach's mask was just a dress for some girl. Right. You know that awesome thing where right. it like changes and you can see through it right, and right. breathe through it and all that stuff. But Watchmen was about that. It was right. about the impact of like the atomic Superman. I know. On... And that's the point. And I that's mean, the point. Know. You can't tell a story in which Superman beats up Lex Luthor in a gigantic green suit if every person can be like, oh, a superhero fight, press a button in their belt, get encased in a plastic cocoon that they can somehow breathe through, rockets shoot out of it, and it takes them home. There is no danger there. You can't tell that story. Right. Well, I'm not saying everybody has to have a magical flight ring and a a power shield. But But certainly if you had... Um, you know this unstable molecule costume. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's look Certainly at your that would have a that would have a huge impact in the way clothing is designed and and what people wear and and getting it torn off and all these interesting things. Your Archie Legion started with this clean, shiny utopian future yeah, filled with all sorts of devices, and eventually it devolved to the point where they had to destroy the Stargates. Blow up the United Planets, have everyone possessed by the Borg and filled with self-loathing in order to change the, the – basically to change the tone of what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It's about what stories you want to tell. And if right. the story you want to tell is about a grim and gritty Dick Grayson trying to teach his mentor's killer son, is it undermined by having a flying Batmobile? I say yes. But – <laughs> it's also interesting to look at it and say, well, sure, maybe maybe Hawkman allowed some of his friends access to Thanagarian technology, but how often do you get in your car and turn the key and think about the fact that your key has more computing power than the Apple II GSs that you and I learned about in college? Well, in but school. at the same time, I walk down the, the street and I see everyone with their earbuds and I'm like, oh, Apple. Okay, you DC, actually DC, do that? Tried, DC tried to do this a few years ago back in the Bwahaha era when they had Court Industries' name on a lot of product mm-hmm. that was out there. And that made that world seem a little bit more rich and vibrant and real because they're still – even if you've never read the Justice League International or the JLA or wherever that uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold were appearing, you were reading Wonder Woman and you saw her, I don't know, get off a bus that said Court Industries on it or something. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, oh, I understand what this is. I see this Court Industries around, just like I read it now, Wayne Industries or Star Labs or those kinds of things. And I start to understand how that bigger universe fits together without knowing the minutia. And we see that when, you know, what they do now, instead of using the Apple logo in the computer books and in the comic books, we see them having a pineapple or something right, online. Right. You still get the general idea that technology exists. So I guess but that's what I'm just kind of looking at is something that makes this that world seem a little bit more realistic. Story. Well, it can, but at the same time, it just makes it seem more believable. What would happen if we were every three days, another alien came down to visit? And even if they weren't saying we're going to kill you, what if they came down and said, hey, everybody. How you doing? We we think you guys are pretty cool. We want to hang out for a while. Prime directive. Do you mind? Prime directive. Well, but I mean, would that happen, or would it be? You know, would our society change? Would you know what would happen Probably to not society? As much as you think. Just like I said, what would happen to society if a Superman showed up, or Nothing. what would happen if a vigilante like Batman appeared on the scene? What would happen? And I mean, we've had these kinds of people before that. Guy that was killing on the subways, he was essentially a vigilante. Mm-hmm. But you know what would happen if suddenly this alien technology were dropped upon us, and 
said, hey, we can, you know, this button will make everything, uh, make famine disappear. All you got to do is mass produce 100,000 of them. Would we still have famine or would everybody have full bellies and be going to, to bed with a smile on their face? And all I'm saying well, is that there's here's... enough of this. I mean, it, yes, it doesn't generate it doesn't generate an interesting story when you can't tell the story of Superman's heartbreaking because this little girl is starving and her her dad's beating her mom See, every night. Dramatic tension requires some sort of discord. Mm -hmm. They say that happy couples are dramatically inert, which is why it's so hard to marry off a couple and have them still be interesting, and why Black Canary and Green Arrow are now separated and fighting over some broad. See, I stopped reading that a long adding, time ago. Adding, the, adding what you are you know, describing to some of these stories is going to undermine the story. Let's say, for instance, Kryptonian technology becomes available through legitimate means. What that means is at some point, by extension, somewhere down the line, the Joker might get away from Batman by using that Kryptonian technology against him, which then undermines the reality of Batman's situation. It's, and undermines or, the Joker, who is or, crazy. Or you have Bruce Wayne going, damn it, I'm tired of this Kryptonian technology. He goes out and he buys the company that's making the Kryptonian technology and that's then says, we're discontinuing, story, right? we're discontinuing this product. Sure, sure, sure. And that's exactly what happens. Right. But we've never seen that. No, no, no. We totally have. We absolutely have. You don't read X-Men, but here's what happens to the X-Men. The X-Men get Shi'ar technology. They can teleport anywhere in the world. And then a writer says, well, shit, that's crap. The X-Men, you know what the X-Men are about? The X-Men are a bunch of kids running around basically doing Scooby Gang stuff. Right. Screw that. Some bad guy comes in, destroys the X-Mansion, destroys everything. The X-Men can't do that anymore. Five issues yeah, later, that's, a new that's writer the, comes in. But that's the writer's prerogative, again. though. But here I'm saying that in Batman's world, Batman gets beat by the Joker because he's using Kryptonian technology. And Bruce Wayne would go, okay, Company X over here is mm -hmm. selling this product. Therefore, I'm going to buy Company X. And you're saying a writer isn't doing this? Well, not that we've seen anything specific. No, no, no. Like no, no, no. What I'm saying is, I mean, we is... had the, they had the whole "How did the Batmobile come about?" issue uh -huh. in in Batman Confidential, but we never saw anything come out of that besides Lex Luthor is bad. Here's how the Batmobile or the Batplane or whatever came about, and all this robot technology that LexCorp and the JLI and everybody else and all these aliens have all these robot beings. Nobody has a robot. No average citizen has a robot. Nobody but, has a little robot helper flying around them saying, hey, don't <laughs> don't forget. And yet we see the military flying in the Superman books, bringing it back around. All these uh, covert things flying over the city, keeping tabs on every everything that goes on. And yet we don't see this in the hands of the normal everyday citizen. Well, What's sure, your, but what? you also don't see an AK-47 in the hands of a normal person. You, but you do. Open up Batman and there's some guy driving by with an AK-47 blowing sure, stuff but up. but the old lady that he's shooting at doesn't whip out her own AK-47. <laughs> that we've seen And that's yet. another important point you're what you're talking about is great for universe building right right it's and I appreciate terrible that. for stories yeah unfortunately so what would it you rather have terrible i would rather have each book selectively ignore the elements that they don't want to talk about because that's the only way to make a shared universe work unless it's written by one person unless mm -hmm. it's j michael straczynski's rising stars kurt busiak's astro city rob liefeld's young blood <laughs> If it's not handled by a single person with a singular vision, then you're going to have situations where Grant Morrison comes in and says, I'm ignoring everything Jim Lee ever did. Here's what the X-Men are about now. Right. And 24 months later, I'm off the book. 
holy crap, this didn't work, or it did work, and now we don't want to go where it goes, so here's Joe Kelly to retcon all that shit away, and while that goes on, Cyclops is going to do a little dance. Or we create a Chris Claremont run X-Men Forever and we just ignore everything else. Yeah, and that's... X-Men Forever is awful, by the way. And that's, that's a legitimate point. way to do it, honestly. I wish... I kind of wish that Marvel and DC would go to that a little bit more. You know, you look at something like Hellboy, and that's that's different because that's written by one guy. Right, for but, the most part. But there are each kind of self-contained stories where... You know, they're not necessarily all that tied together. Some of them are, but not that tied together to any previous story. You've right, been yep, seeing Hellboy right. nowadays. The next story happened during World War II. Right. And clearly it had no real impact because anything that's written into it is essentially a yeah. retcon. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm just looking for a societal impact in all these stories. Besides, And I the think fact that by adding a societal impact, is it, it, it limits your storytelling. It's like saying, think of all the stories we can tell with an unmasked Peter Parker. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking of that. Now think of all the stories you can tell without an unmasked Peter Parker. Right. A lot more options. Well, I'm just when saying – Go ahead. When you have that societal impact, the the point is going to come where I'm Grant Morrison and I've changed everything about the X-Men and now there's a new writer coming in and what the hell are we going to do? Because I've changed everything about the X-Men. And this title is going to go on. I'm not on the book anymore. This next guy ain't Grant Morrison. He may not want to write about jellied guys with skulls floating in their face who go, <laughs> so he's going to have to selectively ignore portions of that yeah. and take it off into another dimension. Let's move him to San Francisco. That's a, that, That'll do it. I think the only place where we really see some kind of a societal impact in these stories is kind of what's going on in Gotham City. Where after Cataclysm, there's still parts of the city that haven't been rebuilt. After the last whatever attack, there's still parts of the city that haven't been rebuilt. And there's certain areas that people are like, okay, we just – we're not going to live there. And so they make references to these slum, demilitarized zone type areas of Gotham City that still exist. And it's changed the society. It's kind of changed the face of Gotham to an extent. Now, do they have to talk about it every issue? No. But every four or five issues, you see some ghost figure, the ghost ripoff standing over the the shattered domains of the theater and, and saying this. Um, and so that, I guess, you also maybe start to see some questions by the citizen of who's cleaning up all this mess. You know, mm-hmm. Superman and, and Lex Luthor fight and they bust up the city. Well, that makes great, great reading and great comics. But what about the mom that was just in that in that sure. building that got killed because Superman wasn't uh you know didn't didn't uh, think to take the fight outside the city and you see that and it's addressed in some books but yeah. in the end that is yeah. not what we I sign know. up to read i know i know it's, it's just me it's the just difference me complaining between, again i was just teaching this the other day to my agents they're like well how do we de-escalate a call i'm like well there's a difference here between an open-ended question and a close-ended question an open-ended premise is alien comes to earth and does stuff. A close-ended premise is, this is how the alien's impact changes the world. Mm -hmm. At that point, that closed-ended question may actually limit the open-ended questions and premises that can come with it. So occasionally you have to pretend nobody asked that question, tap dance off to the right, and go, hey, while that was happening, it turns out Magneto didn't get his head chopped off. Yeah, he didn't. And I ask these questions to provoke 
questions and comments and discussion. Mm-hmm. That's and why. you ask these questions because you like to be yelling and yelling and yelling, and it makes me so sad. <laughs> oh, I can't. I get just passionate. Get along. I get passionate about um, these topics. Batman. No, it's about not Batman. Batman. It, it's it's just in general. <laughs> about Gotham City. Oh, leave him Gotham alone. Gotham City can't have better alarm systems. No, it's not about that, Gotham City. But you know, if you do want to bring up Batman, it's about and, Star City. And, and, yeah, it's all about Star City and Opal City and Coast City and that Coast City and Keystone about, City. Why don't the they just admit that Coast City and Keystone City are Kansas City, Kansas and Kansas City, Missouri? Why don't they just get because that over? Coast with? City is not. I mean, uh, Keystone yeah. City and and uh, and uh, Central Central City. City. Um, They're not. But. You know, if you do want to get down to the Batman alien thing, what about that really weird? What was it called? Um, the, the one where he gets abducted. Where is he, he a vampire? Abdu- the one no, no, no. He gets abducted by aliens. It wasn't Area Fifty One, but it's like he gets abducted by these gray, these grays, and he's totally taken by surprise. Like, what aliens are abducting me? It's like you're Batman. You live in a universe where your best friend is a freaking alien. Well, and you're why in the JLA. You've been to other planets. Yeah, why should it be surprised you that surprise you that you're getting an a- anal probe? You know? <laughs> because presumably that <laughs> would be surprising sure no matter what. Yes. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're going to leave it off there. You can head over to Major Spoilers and discuss. On that note, you should discuss. <laughs> and then we cue the music. We will see you next time. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009.